0: You know, this is Memorial Day weekend, and it's very interesting because God gave me a message about building memorials. In fact, it's a series. And as I sat down to prepare for today's message, he gave me several messages for the next couple of weeks. And I believe very emphatically, while I have no idea how this is all going to turn out, I believe very emphatically that. This is prophetic as a message. It is a word from the Lord for this church and for this season right now. It will be a personal challenge to each and every one of you because we are the church. You are the church. Together, as we assemble, whether it's in our homes, in the workplace, or whether it's here, we are the church of Jesus Christ. And as people, As sons of God, we are the individuals and we are the corporate group that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. I was driving yesterday and a thought came to me very distinctly. We often we go through life understanding we are Christians. And I go through life and I respond to the name Robert Scarallo. I end up saying it often on the phone to uh, people on the other end. And what's your name, Robert? And your last name, Scarallo? Scarallo? And they usually say, can you spell that? And I say, yeah, I've been spelling it my whole life. But I'm very conscious of the fact that I am known by my name, Robert Scarello. And as I was driving, these thoughts are going through my mind. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, are you very conscious that your name is Son of God? I wonder how differently we would live if we lived with a consciousness in this life. I am a son of God. That's who I am. And therefore, as a son of God, I am no ordinary person. You, as a son of God, are no ordinary person. And by son... I'm not speaking specifically of gender. I'm speaking of you and I bought by the blood of Jesus Christ to be his children. Can I get an amen? Amen. Absolutely. And as sons of God, never are we intended to be second rate. As sons of God, we have a distinct purpose and a destiny here on earth. As sons of God, there is meaning and value to our lives. If we would only live not from the perspective of who our parents named us, but who our father named us, and if only we would live from the understanding and from the revelation that we are the sons of God, and the gates of hell cannot prevail against the sons of God. Hallelujah. Too often we live more from the perspective of, I'm Rob Scarallo, a sinner saved by grace, and one day, by the grace of God, I'm going to get to heaven. No, I'm Rob Scarallo. I was a sinner. I am saved by grace, and I am a son of God. And the big finale isn't me going to heaven. The journey is as much a triumph as the finale God has called his sons and daughters to have significance on the earth. Can I get an amen? I want to pay tribute for a moment being the fact that it is Memorial Day weekend. This is an American holiday which is observed on the last Monday of the month of May. We do it to honor the men and the women who have served in our forces and those who have never come home. It started with the first American war, the Civil War, and then that observance continued to cover every war. It was officially recognized as a holiday in 1971. Every year on Memorial Day, a national moment of remembrance. I want you to think about the words memorial and remembrance. A national moment of remembrance takes place at 3 o'clock in the afternoon in each state's local time. This nation decreed that people should stop and remember Those that have served, those who have returned, and those who had fallen. I don't know if you're familiar with what a red poppy is. It's a flower. Can I have a a red poppy up on the screen? There you go. How many of you have ever seen a red poppy up close? Have you ever seen one up close? They're one of the most beautiful, but one of the most delicate flowers now, we won't go into the fact that from the poppy seeds, they make opium, and it has become a, a very uh, dangerous and destructive trade, but the flower itself grows a very long, tall stem, very delicate, very fine stem. And then the leaves, unlike the petals of a rose, they're so fine, they're almost transparent, they're like tissue, and uh, <clears throat> the red poppy has become uh, the flower that represents Memorial Day, and it's because of a poem that was written by a Canadian uh, surgeon, Lieutenant Colonel John McCrae, during World War One. Now, John McCrae actually wasn't enlisted. He was 41 years old on vacation, and he was in England at the time. And because of the, the horrors of the war, he literally volunteered while he was on vacation to serve. And he served Canada being part of the Commonwealth. He served in the British forces as a surgeon. And as he was trying to patch men together on the battlefield... The same field where they would hastily dig graves and bury men, he noticed that there were red poppies growing everywhere, and so he wrote a poem called "In flanders Field, and the reason why it 's called flanders Field is <clears throat> because uh, that those were the the, the um, on either side of a uh, Uh, Belgium, Uh, the western side and the eastern side was Flanders Field and there was bloodshed all across and he wrote this poem very briefly, in Flanders Fields the poppies blow between the crosses row on row, they mark our place and in the sky the larks still bravely singing fly scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead. Short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow. We were loved and loved, and now we lie in Flanders' fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe to you. From failing hands we throw the torch. Be yours to hold it high. If ye break faith with us who die, we shall not sleep, though poppies grow in Flanders' fields. We give tribute to men and women who serve in our nation. We are living in perilous times. We're living in very difficult times. Everybody has an opinion. And i found that the older I get, the more varied people's opinions become. We have become very disunified in our outlook and in our perspective. In fact, perspectives are as numerous as there are people under the sun. I believe it is a good thing to honor those who have served, not because we Want to make war a wonderful thing? It is not. But freedom doesn't come cheap. People serve. People serve on our streets in suits of blue. Police, teachers, nurses. As we've gone through this pandemic, the courageous doctors and nurses that have served, taking care of people who have come down, bitten by the pandemic. And so we take a moment to have a memorial moment to remember people, and we give honor to those who have served. And I want to just for a moment, before I go on with my sermon, ask anyone who has ever served in the, in the forces be it in our armed forces, or served in uh, our hospitals as nurses and doctors, served as police, served as fire rescue squads, in any way, shape, or form, would you take a moment and stand? Whether you've served in the past or served presently, let's thank them and give them appreciation. It's not my intent to glorify war, but it is my intent to build a culture of honor. And I believe we live in an honorless society. And you cannot be an honorless people and be a people who are thriving in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a kingdom where honor rules and honor reigns. So much so that God instituted it even in his Ten Commandments. And he said, honor the family structure, honor your father, honor your mother, honor. Honor is something that is very, very important and it's something that we've forgotten. Memorials are about giving honor. And while this is Memorial Day weekend, there are memorials in the word of God. Did you know that God builds memorials? From the Old Testament through to the New Testament, God builds memorials. For example, in Joshua chapter 4, Moses had just passed on. And Joshua's left, and they're on the wrong side of the Jordan River. And God said, I want you to cross over, and just down the road is Jericho. Jericho was an extremely well-fortified city. The walls of the city were so thick that they literally had chariot races on the top of the city walls. They could fit three to four chariots. It was a city that was impossible to penetrate. And here's Joshua having to take three million Hebrew once-were slaves. What past experience did they have? Slavery. Slavery. What past experience did their fathers have? Slavery. Their grandfathers? Slavery. This was 400 years of people who had been in slavery. Well, 400 years, to be technically correct, 400 years they were in Egypt, 300 years of those 400, they were as slaves. And so God says to Joshua, I want you to get the priests And I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant and have the priest walk into the water. And so as the priest walked into the water with the Ark of the Covenant, God said, I will stop the water from coming down from the north, and I will build an invisible wall. And it was harvest time, and the Bible says that this was the time that the waters ran fierce. And so as they walked into the water, just like with Moses, when God separated the Red Sea, he divided it. Here they were in the Jordan, and God literally puts his invisible hand across the Jordan, and the waters just stop. And obviously without water coming down, the other side just goes down to a trickle. And Israel crosses across. And when they got to the other side, God said to Moses, Now take one man from every tribe of Israel and have him walk back to the middle of the river where the priests are still standing with the ark. And I want each man to get a stone and to bring it back to this side of the river. And I want you to build a monument and let that monument be a memorial so that when your sons and daughters ever walk past this place, you will remind them of the great things that God did, setting you free from Egypt, setting you free from bondage, and bringing you into a promised land. God's all about building memorials. In Leviticus chapter 2, verse 1 to 2, we see that even in the method of worship, In the sacrifices and that whole system that God had downloaded to Moses, God established a memorial offering. I'm going to read it to you in Leviticus chapter 2 verse 1 to 2. And it says, when anyone brings a grain offering to the Lord, their offering is to be of the finest flour. You see, you don't build a memorial haphazardly. A memorial is built out of sacrifice. Memorial is built out of value applied. A memorial is built by going the extra mile. Memorials aren't built by careless, hapless attitude. They are built by determined effort, dedication. And so God says, Make sure that uh, it's made of the finest flour. And then they are to pour olive oil on it. And then take it to Aaron's sons, to the priest. And the priest shall take a handful of the flour and the oil together with the incense. And he's going to take that flour with olive oil and with incense. And burn it as a memorial portion on the altar a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. I want you to think about this for a moment. God says, get the best flower. Don't be cheap with me. How many of you know it's not a good thing to be cheap with God? (laughs) There's a principle in the word of God, what you sow, you reap. Don't be cheap with God. There were two brothers, Cain and Abel. Abel brought the firstborn of his new sheep. The firstborn. Even before the next lot of young lambs were born, he brought the first. And he brought the fat portions. His brother, the Bible says, brought some of the fruit of the ground. In other words, he didn't bring the first, He brought some. He didn't bring the fat portions. He brought what was left over. You see, God judges attitude. Some people can put a better show on on the outside. God doesn't judge by the show. God judges by the heart. Now people tell me, Pastor, we go quiet because, you know, what you say is hitting us. So I'll give you a couple of minutes to get hit by the Holy Ghost. And now I'm going to say, can I get an amen? Amen. God says, I want you to take the finest flour. Don't give God your leftovers. Don't treat God second rate. Do you know that's a major sin? Do you know the very first commandment says, you shall have no other gods before me. We think of gods as little gold statues or little marble statues. Know anything that is first place in your life. If it isn't called Yahweh, it's a God. Yes. Yes. He doesn't want what's left over. He wants first place. It's called divine order. When we put God in first place, divine order will flow down through our house. You see, the moment you get that right, you are subject to the blessings of God. But as soon as God isn't in first place and something else is, you have demonic disorder. You can either live under divine order or demonic disorder. The moment God isn't first place in our lives, we have idols and demons love idols never ceases to amaze me how confused Christians can be sometimes and they wonder why their lives aren't more blessed why they don't see the breakthroughs they need to break we're afraid of statements from the Old Testament where God says I'm a jealous God Does that mean that he's a green, ugly, angry monster? No, what it means is what is his, he wants it to love it as much as he loves it. There's two kinds of jealousy. There's jealousy that has gone extreme. It has no boundaries, it's crazy. And then there's the jealousy that says, I have loved you with all of my heart. I expect to be loved the same. Hello? And God is a jealous God. And we don't like to talk about that. It doesn't sound easy on our ears. Do you know why it doesn't sound easy on our ears in this culture? Because we're in a culture that's very much about us and what's owed to us. And what we deserve. And God actually talks about what he deserves. We preach a gospel, God so loved the world. But we forget that in that gospel, after we've received the love that God so loved the world with, we're called to love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and all of our strength. Yeah, that's another quiet moment. Can I get an amen? God's looking at his church right across the United States of America. He, he sees what's going on. He sees the conflict we're in as a nation. He sees the rumblings in Russia, the rumblings in China. He sees the rumblings here. He sees the turmoil. He sees the confusion. He sees the anarchy. The question is, what does he see in his church? Does he see a church that has made him second or third or fourth? Have we bowed to the spirit of convenience more than bowing to the Holy Spirit of God? Too often, church is only fashionable and only good to attend if it fits in with my world. And God says, no, I'm calling you to fit in with my world. Hallelujah. And so God taught Moses, he said, "I I want people to bring me a memorial offering. But you can't make a memorial offering with fourth-grade flour. You make a memorial offering with triple-zero flour, the finest of the fine, and olive oil and incense, and then have the priest take that combination of oil that's ready to ignite when it hits the flame, together with the finest of flowers and incense. It'll make like a paste. You know what that means? It'll burn and burn and the aroma will rise. You see, that's symbolic of what our lives are supposed to be. That we give God the best of our lives. That we allow the Holy Spirit to penetrate every aspect of who we are. And that by a a sweet attitude, by an attitude of making God number one and serving him and doing the works of our father, touching people's lives, helping people out, uh, preaching, praying, witnessing, sharing, loving, caring, that as we do these things, we become the memorial offering On the fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I want to take you to a New Testament story. And it's a story in the book of Acts. And it starts in Acts chapter 10. And it says, At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. Next verse. He and all of his family were devout and they were God-fearing. Cornelius became a converted Jew. He left the polytheistic worldview of Rome He came out of Rome just like God took his people out of Egypt. He came out of that worldly empirical system that was devoted to the worship of many, many kinds of demons. And he believed in Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the Bible says he didn't just change his preference. He became devout in his worship and his love and his pursuance. Of this God named Yahweh. The Bible says he was devout. This wasn't just somebody's opinion. You'll see in a moment. It just wasn't someone's opinion that Cornelius was devout. God said it himself. It says he was devout and God fearing. He gave generously to those in need. And he prayed to God regularly. This man made his life a memorial offering. He was a Roman centurion. He had power, he had authority, and most likely he had a lot of wealth. And he gave generously to the poor. Sometimes the more blessed we become, the more we despise those who aren't blessed like us. That becomes the number one reason To lose the blessing. The reason for prosperity. Is to shed it around. I won't go there. I'll stay on track. One day. At about three in the afternoon, Cornelius had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, everyone look at me. When you live your life in such a way that you give God your best, he'll know you on a first name basis. An angel from God came and said, Cornelius, listen to what he says. I'll look at it on the screen. (laughs) Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. And the angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. You see, we don't realize that how we live here directly affects what's happening in heaven. We don't realize. You talked about, you know, you prayed for a prodigal, a friend, someone near and dear to you. And uh, I was getting excited as you were sharing it because I was teeing it up with my sermon. And and, and you said you and Joe prayed fervently for a long time. And then you started to wane and you started to forget and you started to not Bring that intercession before the Lord. But I want to tell you something. It remained as a memorial before God. And even when they forgot, God was faithful to the memorial that they had offered up before the Lord. And I want to encourage you today in the Lord because as Lydia was sharing that, the Holy Spirit said to me, tell the people they have prayed prayers that they haven't seen the answer to yet and they've even abandoned their post because they have grown tired. But the Lord is not tired of seeing that memorial in heaven and he will answer and he will answer soon. But we don't realize the connection between earth and heaven. We have a disconnect. And the enemy wants us to be disconnected. He wants us to be absorbed in the reality of this life. And obscured in the reality of the spirit world. They're connected. And they will always be connected. And how I live here with purpose. An intention with deliberateness. Every time I go the extra mile, that memorial is being raised up in heaven. Every time we come, we've been praying on Sunday. uh, We've been praying seven days a week every morning for the last three years. But there isn't a prayer you pray with intention that doesn't come up before God as a memorial. I don't control the time clock. I wish I did. I would put everything on fast forward. But what I do know is that the one who controls everything sees these memorials and he does not forget. So my question is, are you building a memorial before God? Or are you building a memorial to yourself? An angel came from heaven to tell Cornelius, this is how real the connection is. An angel came from heaven and said, Cornelius, God has seen how you give generously, and you give generously to the poor. And God has seen how you purposefully set your face to pray and you seek him. God has seen your genuineness. He's seen your earnestness. He's seen that even though you had pomp and ceremony in this Roman Empire, you have made God number one in your life. And Cornelius, because of your commitment, because of your determination, because of your fervency for God, I'm here to let you know God has a breakthrough for you. You see, if you're familiar with the story, what happens next is that the angel tells Cornelius to send some men to a, a, a little town and to find the house of Peter the Tanner because Peter the apostle was staying there. All of this comes about and what the result is that peter simultaneously is having a vision on top of the roof of that house cornelius's commitment cornelius's prayers cornelius's generosity and offerings, Cornelius' attitude and his walk and his lifestyle before God not only sent an angel to him, but it caused God to go 20 miles down the road and stir up Peter, the apostle, and catch him up in a trance. Peter comes to Cornelius's house, And for the first time in recorded history, the gospel was officially preached to Gentile people. Cornelius, by building a memorial before God. His lifestyle, his attitude. (laughs) Say, how do you build a memorial? God is first. When I come into this place, I come with the purpose of I am going to give God the best worship I've got. I might have the worst voice in the house, but I'm going to give him the best worship. Hallelujah. You see, it's not the show. It's the attitude. And I love the fact that God is never impressed or put off by the show. What he looks for and what turns him on is the attitude of the heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our Constitution says we were all created equal. I don't always think so. I mean, I'd like to be about four inches taller. People tell me I'm overweight. I say, no, I'm just short for my size. I'm not overweight. The Constitution says we're created equal. I see features in other people that I would love to have. But I'll tell you what makes us equal in God's heart. The love he has for us. He loves us equally. And God will reward us based on not how tall we are. Not how intelligent we are. Not how much money we have to flash around. But he judges us equally by the attitude of our heart. Let's build memorials. You You see, when people die, we put a gravestone and an epitaph, and it's a memorial. Alfonso Scarallo once lived. Those are memorials that speak of a person who once was. But the memorials we get to build while we're yet living in heaven are the memorials that speak of who we are. And I believe that God is looking for his church people, you and me, people that will build a memorial whose lives will become a determined, definite, purposeful act of loving God, serving God, and living for God. And I believe that as we, the church of Jesus Christ, push off the spirit of convenience and take on the spirit of adoration, and how long we spend in church won't even be an issue. I'll give that a couple of seconds. I want to be a memorial that rises up to the heavens. Because of my prayer and my fasting, I want it to be a constant reminder before God. There's this guy down there who keeps pestering you, God. He wants revival. He wants revival. He actually believes that revival is the one thing that can bring a reset To the United States of America and to the whole world. Hallelujah. You see, When it's inconvenient according to the clock and the pastor gets up here and he says, come on down. I know some of you are already here. Come on down. Let's worship. It's about building a memorial in the heavens. It's about giving God a reason to come down on his chariot and start to visit the earth again. When we pray, when we fast, when we gather together with purpose, with excitement, Builds a memorial in the heavens. You could go to church. Or you can be the church. And I believe that God is calling each and every one of us to build a memorial. That rises from where we are. To the heavens. And I say from where we are. Not because I'm talking about earth in general. I'm talking about from your two feet. You become the memorial before God. Because of his prayers, because of her prayers, because of her determination, because of his passion, God will answer from heaven. Do you understand that Cornelius is forever listed in history as a man who because of his passion and devotion to God, he became a memorial to heaven, so much so that God sends an angel to give him this message and then taps the apostle on the shoulder so that the Gentile world will start to receive the blessing of the gospel because this man was faithful in his commitment to God wow I want to be I want us to be I want you to be the reason why God breaks through in the heavens and comes to earth can I get an amen Amen. (laughs) so yes it's right that we honor men and women who have served God believes in memorials. And this is a Memorial Day weekend. But if we celebrate them nationally because they served in wars that are not always pure, not always right. They serve in wars that sometimes are convoluted with political reason. And yet it's right for us to honor them and have a memorial, how much more it's right for the sons of God to understand that we belong to a higher kingdom. Oh, I, I'm thrilled to be an American. I love the fact that I live here in the United States of America for all of its mistakes. I've traveled the world I'm thrilled to be here. But let me tell you, there is no comparison to what I'm about to say. My highest honor and greatest calling is to be a representative of the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And if nationally we will honor those who served in our forces who serve stateside in various applications, then how much more God, who is a God of honor, if the musicians will start to come? How much more if God, who is a God of honor, will honor his sons and his daughters when they stop living for worldly pleasures and start living for the kingdom of God? Most of us live like sinners who have a ticket to get to heaven and we're just waiting for the launch date when God wants us to live like sons and daughters behind enemy lines stirring up the kingdom of darkness kicking in the gates setting the captives free rescuing the lost and showing the love of God to the needy. Amen. That's right. amen. We have made our great goal the great escape. When God has made it his great goal for his church to invade the earth. Yeah, Am I preaching to anybody? Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Can we live with purpose to seek the face of God for revival? Can we live with purpose and say, God, put your burden on my life and let me feel the weight that you feel for broken people. Let me feel what you feel for the lost. Use me as a vehicle of intercession. Use me as a vehicle to be an evangelist, to share the gospel. Use me as a vehicle to finance the kingdom of God on earth. Use me as a vehicle. Use my enthusiasm. Use my breath. You know, lately as I pray, I've come to a place and I find myself saying it often. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I say, God, I don't even have a right stand in this place unless my purpose for being is to show you to the whole world. Would you stand with me, church? I believe and I really do I believe that we are starting to break into something. I believe that the Holy Spirit is showing me that if we continue to rally together, not on what we want, but on what He wants, if we can avoid the spirit of contention, I'm going to say it again. I'm saying this to all of us. If we can avoid the spirit of contention, do you know the spirit of contention will set up traps to get you embroiled in disagreement, argument, and offense so that you are unproductive in the purpose of the kingdom of God. I believe that if we can avoid the spirit of contention and stay unified on the things of God, I believe that if we could resist the spirit of convenience and in our hearts say, God, whatever it costs, it's worth it. I believe that if with purpose we start to seek God, we the church, the same group of people that God said the gates of hell can't put up a fight against, if we the church with purpose start to cry out start to sing out start to shout start to live with a very deliberate attitude of having an effect for God on the earth if we the church rise up into what our destiny really is America will start to have visitations of the Holy Ghost visitations that will bring transformation Amen Your political preference isn't the answer. God's spiritual preference is the answer. And that is the church acting in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I hope it was quiet because you're really thinking about it. And if there's any other reason why you're quiet, then I rebuke that political party spirit. Your political preference isn't the answer. Because on both political sides exist men and women who are corrupt and who are sinful and who can slip and fall and be prejudiced in many different directions. God's preference is a church filled with the Holy Ghost on fire to do the things that Jesus did. Come on, give the Lord a shout! Yes! Amen! 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 I don't want to go to church! I remember saying that to my dad when I was 14 years old. It was a Wednesday night. It was a prayer meeting. And I said, I don't want to go to church. And suddenly. I was greeted by his right hand at the back of my head. Well, Dad, if you could hear me, 50 years later, I don't want to go to church! I want to be the church! If you wanna be the church, let's build a memorial this morning. Come on down the front and let's worship and let's cry out to God. America needs Jesus, hallelujah. America needs a move of the Holy Ghost. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus, hallelujah.